What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Something About Sports podcast. This is your host once again, Leon Edwards. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, this one I want to go through kind of quickly. This is going to be a special edition. I'm not going to call it episode 12.5 just because I'm not going to cover any other teams other than just the Chiefs in this. I just want to make sure I get a preview show out for the Kansas City Chiefs' week six game against the Washington football team. So that's what this episode is going to be. So I'm not going to call it 12.5. We'll just do special edition. I'll have 12.5 coming towards the beginning of the week. Also another special edition, which I'll go ahead and recap this game once it is over. Hopefully I can start to kind of get those out on Mondays. This last game against the Bills didn't end up finishing up until really, really late. So you guys didn't get a chance to get that until Tuesday, I believe it was. So hopefully I can get this out Monday morning while it's still fresh. I can get my fresher thoughts and things like that. So we'll see how all of that plays out. But be on the lookout for the rest of that content coming towards the beginning of next week. I want to go ahead and hop into this. I don't want to make it too long. Just want to kind of hop into a few things I want to talk about and then get my prediction for this game. This is the first of 12 must-win games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Every game from here on out is a must-win. If the Kansas City Chiefs want to compete for the AFC West and if they want to compete for the number one seed in the AFC, I think that the number one seed in the AFC ship has probably sailed. You lost that tiebreaker to the Buffalo Bills and their division just isn't good enough to challenge them to beat them enough to where the Chiefs can catch them. So I don't know if the number one seed in the AFC is a possibility. I think there's a slim chance we still catch the Chargers in the AFC West, but you got to win every game from here on out. The Chiefs can't have any more slip ups and they got to come out every game and bring it. So that'll be my first point probably for every game preview going forward for the rest of the season is that it's a must win game because every game is a must win game depending on what the goals are going to be for this team. The first thing I want to hop into I talked about Patrick Mahomes a lot in my recap of the game as well. I think he's going to come out and have a lot better game. I think he's going to adjust and do a lot of the things he's talked about all week. He's talked about not turning the ball over as much. I do think that that also has kind of played mentally into Patrick Mahomes' game. Going back and watching some of the game, you kind of see him pass on some receivers who may not be wide open, but you probably could get it there. Hopefully he gets back to being himself. And he did talk about this this week, not compromising too much to where you're not yourself anymore. So I do hope we we see him get back to being himself. We see him get back to having great games like we know he can have. Uh, I believe overall this should be an offensive get right game. The Washington football team was a top tier NFL defense last year, an elite defense that has pretty much fallen off a cliff. And there's not a whole lot of explanation for it. I haven't studied that team a lot, so I don't know where the issues lie with that defense. Their front seven is still very strong. They have a lot invested into that front seven, and they still got a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback. But they're still giving up a lot of points. They're giving up a lot of yards. And and something changed there with that defense. So we're going to get a chance to see it firsthand get an idea of what's going on with with Ron Rivera's defense over there in Washington and and kind of get a measuring stick of where the Chiefs are going to be at in their offensive line. This will be a good challenge for the Chiefs' offensive line. This is a really, really good front seven. They'll present a lot of challenges for the Chiefs' offensive line, which I'm excited to see. You want to see them get challenged at every step. You want to see them take those those lumps. You want to see them have those games where they really have to step up, and this is going to be one of those, trying to block guys like Chase Young and Montez 
Sweat and Deron Payne. That's a, a very, very nasty front seven over there in Washington that'll get after Mahomes if if the offensive line doesn't have a good day. So I, I'm predicting a, a get-right game for the offense. I think the offense has a get-right game. I think that they come through, they score a lot of points. They move the ball a lot easier than they did against the Bills, who have the number one defense. I'm hoping to see some some different man-beater type of plays. I'm hoping to see the Chiefs have a lot better design plays to beat the two deep safety looks that the Chiefs are going against. It's really one deep safety because one of the other safeties usually is pretty much a sign of Tyreek Hill. That's usually how it works with Tyreek Hill being the speedster he is. It's looking like he's going to play on Sunday. He didn't practice all week until Friday. So it's looking like Tyreek Hill will play on Sunday. The NFL is a copycat league. The Washington football team will play the two deep safety look. That seeming like it's been working against the Chiefs. I'm excited to see what Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Mike Kafka, Patrick Mahomes have come up with this week to beat that look and where they're progressing at and where they're thinking they can improve. I think getting Josh Gordon acclimated into the offense will help with that naturally just for the talent and the different skill sets he brings to the table. I think getting him in the fold will help with that, but also just seeing what other ways the Chiefs decide to try and beat that. So I think that's the biggest thing I'll be watching. The second biggest thing I'll be watching, I guess I'll go, I guess this will be the third because I talked about the offensive line. I think the biggest thing I'll be watching is how they handle this two deep safety look. Second biggest thing I'll be watching is the offensive line and how they handle this nasty front seven for Washington. And then the third thing I'll be watching on the offensive side of the ball um, is going to be Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, what this team does to get those guys free. You've kind of seen them either bounce back and forth between having good games with one another or neither one of them have really great games. They did, Neither one of them impacted the game in a way you would like to see against Buffalo. And I, I think we need to see a game where both of those guys have, have high-powered, solid games. I want to see a game where they both are seven-plus catches, 70-plus yards, and a touchdown. I need that from both of those guys together in the same game. And I think that's when the offense is playing at its peak. So that's something that I want to see out of the offense The fourth thing I'll say that I want to see from this offense and what I'll be watching is what the running game looks like without Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We'll be without Clyde Edwards-Alaire for at least the next three weeks with his with his ankle sprain or sprained MCL. Sorry, not an ankle sprain. Clyde Edwards-Alaire sprained his MCL. We'll be without him for the next few weeks at least. Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon are going to step in. Derek Gore was brought up from the practice squad. He was a preseason darling. He was a guy a lot of people wanted to see make the team. I think the Chiefs had a pretty good feel for for the fact that he wasn't going to get picked up by another team and that they could go ahead and slide him over to the practice squad after final cuts were made and everything. So he's been hanging out on the practice squad. He's still been around the building and, and in the meetings. And now he's going to get his shot. So it'll be interesting to see what the mix of snaps and touches are for, between Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, and Derek Gore. Kind of how the Chiefs approach the running game. Teams have been daring the Chiefs to run all season. I don't know that it'll look as easy against the the Washington front seven just because that front seven is good without having to have extra support. I don't know that it'll look as easy, but I do think the Chiefs will try to make a concerted effort to get the run game going. And I'm curious to see what that looks like. So I'm excited to watch that as well on the offensive side of the ball. 
as far as the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of things that, that you want to watch in this game for the defensive side of the ball as well. And what personnel changes are made. There's been a lot of questions asked this week about Juan Thornhill and Dan Sorensen directly of the staff. Nobody's really gave a clear answer. Steve Spagnuolo wouldn't down Dan Sorensen in the media, which you, you never want to see a coach do that. He also didn't come out and explicitly say he's going to be the starter either. I believe that there's I believe there's some changes coming. I think we're going to see a lot more Juan Thornhill this week. I think we're going to see a lot more Willie Gay this week. We'll probably start to see Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman phased out. I think they'll still play. Both of those guys will still play snaps. But depending on the performance of the other guys, we'll probably determine how many snaps those guys see. But they will play some snaps. I think that we're going to see a little bit better athleticism out of the defensive side of the ball. And I just think you got to have that. The defense has lost that that spark that you started to see them play with during that Super Bowl run, that season, that second half of that Super Bowl season and, and into last season, they've lost that spark. They've lost that, that inspiration. They don't play inspired anymore. And I, it, it, it begs the question is continuing to play players that are not playing well when there are guys that are available that maybe have a chance to play better, if that alienates the players from Steve Spagnuolo, if that makes them not trusting in the system as much, if that makes them not want to play as hard for him, something changed. I don't know if that was it, but it's a it's a question you have to ask because you just don't see that inspiration there. You don't see that spark there. And I think that I think that Steve Spagnolo and Andy Reid recognize that, and I think that there's going to be some changes made this week. We're going to see a lot more athletes on the field, some guys who can run, especially against this team. I mean, they've got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Terry McLaurin, those of you guys who don't follow a lot of other teams in the NFL, you may not know a whole lot about this guy. Terry McLaurin, number 17 for the Washington football team, is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's one of the best route runners. He's a great contested catch guy. He's fast. He's a guy who can legitimately put up 10 to 15 catches, 200 yards, and multiple touchdowns on you and break a game. He's that good of a player. If the Chiefs are not careful, if the Chiefs don't pay attention to him and make sure they have eyes on him and treat him as the centerpiece of that offense, it can get ugly and he can do a lot of things. And the thing about that quarterback he's playing with, Taylor Heineke, is Taylor Heineke, he's pretty much taking on Ryan Fitzpatrick's attitude. Ryan Fitzpatrick came into the season as the guy for the Washington football team. He was the starter. They were supposed to compete with him at the quarterback position. He suffered a really bad injury. Taylor Heineke has stepped in and he's embodied a lot of the things that makes Ryan Fitzpatrick so fun to watch. He's got this attitude where we're just going to throw it up and we'll let our, our playmakers make plays. And Terry McLaurin's one of the best of the best at making plays in, in contested catch situations and also getting separation. So those of you guys who don't know about him, hopefully he doesn't introduce himself in a big way to you. I'm guessing everybody on here is Chiefs fans. Hopefully he doesn't introduce himself in a big way to you, but there is a chance that he does, and especially with the way that this defense has been playing. Don't be surprised if number 17 gets loose a lot during this game. He's a guy we have to pay attention to. He is the best player on that offense. They also have a very talented running back in Antonio Gibson, who's in his second year, a converted wide receiver who can run good routes. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, 
They don't use him that way very much. They have another receiving back in J.D. McKissick that they use that way. Their offensive line's kind of beat up. We should be able to get some pressure on Taylor Heineke. Hopefully, we can get some pressure out of our front four. They're beat up as far as their other weapons as well, so you'll probably see a whole lot of Antonio Gibson, a whole lot of Terry McLaurin. Old friend Ricky Seals-Jones right now is starting for them at tight end. We'll see some Ricky Seals-Jones. He's playing all the snaps uh, in, in, in place of Logan Thomas. They're starting tight end. We may see him get involved in the passing game as well. They're, they're beat up. They, they are beat up offensively, but they have guys that can wreck a game. Antonio Gibson, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm as scared of him wrecking the game to the point of the Chiefs losing as I am for a Terry McLaurin, just because of the damage he can do on the outside. But Antonio Gibson is easily a guy who can run for 150 plus yards on you, multiple touchdowns, and definitely control the game as well. But that's not how the the football team is going to want to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to want to come out and run the ball a whole bunch of times and try to beat the Chiefs that way. I think the Chiefs will set a tone early offensively, which is kind of what I talked about, that they're going to score a lot of points and they're going to keep their foot on the gas. And I think the football team is going to have to pass it to catch up. And this will be a Terry McLaurin type of game for them. The biggest question you want to see is if, if you see that spark come back, if you see that inspiration come back, And who brings it? Who steps up in this game? It's not looking like Chris Jones is going to play in this game. It's not looking like Charvarius Ward is going to play in this game. You still will have Tyra Matthew out there. You're going to have Willie Gay out there, hopefully for a lot more snaps than he played last week. Frank Clark is still out there. He doesn't look fully healthy, but he's there. You got Mike Dan on the other side. Jan Reed on the inside, who's making a lot of money to not do too much. Rashad Fenton looked really good against the Buffalo Bills. We'll see kind of how he slides into this and how he factors into the defense as well. But the question just, it begs the question of who steps up. And I think this is a type of game where you need to see a player like Frank Clark or Tyron Matthew, one of the higher paid players on this defense. If Chris Jones was playing, I'd be putting his name in there as well, but he's not playing. You want to see one of those those players make a difference in this game. And I guess even in that, I'll add Willie Gay and Nick Bolton in that, in that conversation as well. Anthony Hitchens, we pretty much know where we're getting from him. It would be nice to add him to that. I just don't have a lot of expectation that he's going to do it. Quite frankly, I don't have a lot of expectation that Frank Clark is going to do it either. We've just seen it more from him, so I'll put him in that conversation. You want to see one of these guys that you've invested a lot of money into or spent premium draft capital on, you want to see one of these guys step up, have a game, make a couple of plays, force a turnover, get a sack or a tackle for loss that ignites the team. And the question is just going to be who's going to do it. Right now for the Chiefs, that defense, has, the word that they've used is embarrassing. They've talked about being embarrassed by their performance. They've talked about how it doesn't feel good to get run over the way that they've gotten run over so far this season to be statistically the worst defense of all time. Those types of things, it starts to just question pride and effort. Like, even if they give up a lot because they're just overmatched defensively, You want to see the pride there. You want to see some swagger there. You want to see some effort there. So what I'm watching for is if they do that. And I'm watching for how prepared they are. This is a, this is a, this offense is a lot different than that Buffalo's Bills offense we saw last week. This offense is cut and dry. They have Antonio Gibson who can absolutely wreck you. They have Terry McLaurin who can absolutely wreck you. If you can take those guys away, 
Those two are the key to stopping this offense altogether. And Taylor Heineke is going to give you a chance to make some plays on the ball in the air. I want to see if this defense is prepared for those guys. This isn't a Buffalo Bills where if you focus on Diggs, then you got Sanders and you got Dawson Knox and you got Cole Beasley and all of these guys that can beat you, plus Josh Allen with his legs and their running backs who have a little bit of speed and a little bit of talent. There's a lot more to worry about. This offense is cut and dry. You got two guys, you take them away, you pretty much shut this offense down. I want to see how prepared they are from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, and what that looks like. So that's what I'm watching for from this defense. But the biggest thing I'm watching for is just pride. I want to see if they play with pride, if they play with passion, if there's any kind of inspiration there that looks like they still care and that they feel as embarrassed as they've said they are and that they're going to step up and actually do something about it. That's what I want to see from them. I want to see the defense come out and play with some pride and and hopefully it leads to a big win for the Chiefs and it leads to a stepping stone for the Chiefs going forward. Pretty much made it through all of my points that I wanted to make for this. I think the The best player in this game for the Chiefs is going to go back to being Patrick Mahomes. I think we see Patrick Mahomes throw 35-plus passes. I think he he throws for over 300 yards. We probably see three or four touchdowns out of him, maybe even add a rushing touchdown in there. The Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. I really kind of have to see it first before I know what we're going to get out of our receiving weapons. Hopefully, Josh Gordon opens things up. I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points, though. I think that this game could end up being like a 38 to 28 type of game where it feels kind of close. It's a two score game, but it feels kind of close. I don't know that that the defense can go from what they've looked like to shutting down an offense with the type of talented weapons that a Washington team has. I don't know that they can go from that in a week. So I don't think that they're going to they're going to be able to stop them from scoring enough to where they don't stay in the game and that the Chiefs don't have to score a lot of points. I think we're we're way, way far away from the Chiefs holding a team to under 20 points or pretty much just making a game a defensive game and a running game type of game. So I don't think we're there yet with this Chiefs defense. I think we see some progress. I don't think we have a choice but to see progress. I think if you don't see progress this week, you really kind of have that conversation get started around is Steve Spagnuolo the guy for the job and and Brett Veach's failures as far as putting this this defensive roster together. I think you start to see a lot more conversations shifting from guys like Daniel Sorensen, guys like Ben Neiman, guys like Mike Hughes in the in the cornerback room, guys like Anthony Hitchens and Frank Clark, Jaron Reed. I think you start to see the conversation shift from the players to questioning the leadership and the coaching and things like that. I mean, we've harped on the players. I think that this is the week. I think that Buffalo Bills game was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think you can justify not playing the better athletes anymore. I just don't think you can justify it. I think if we come out and see that from the beginning of the game and those guys are still playing more that already is going to start that conversation before the game's even over. And the game's going to look a lot worse than the, and I think the team's not going to be inspired. I don't think the team, especially not a guy like Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew has been a public advocate for Dan Sorensen since he got here. He enjoys Dan Sorensen. He likes playing with him. He respects how smart he is, how, how intelligent of a football player he is. 
But you just kind of have started to see it run its course. I think guys are getting tired of watching the defense be bad and not be able to do anything about it. So I think this is the week you see that transition. You see him try something different. And if it doesn't work out, that conversation starts to change from the players because it's new players now. And if it's still the same result, it starts to shift to the coaching staff and the leadership and Brett Veach. And I think that's where this is kind of that make or break week for that. After this, we the, the fire spags picks up and we're, we're pretty much asking the question every week of if he's going to have a job or not. And I think that that is what rides on this game defensively. You got to see the defense take a step, continue that improvement we saw in the second half against Buffalo and do some good things, play with some pride, play inspired. He's got to get them motivated. He's got to get them in right positions. You can't let these two guys destroy you. And I think all, all looks up. We start to see some positive signs. Everything kind of starts to feel like it comes back to the mean a little bit in Kansas City. So we got to see that. I don't know that they're going to shut this team down. I do still think this team scores a decent amount of points. I'm foreseeing a 38-28 type of game that maybe Washington's pressing to try to score at the end and don't quite get there or something along those lines. I think it'll feel a little bit closer than it is, but I don't think it'll ever be that close on the scoreboard. I think the Chiefs are just enough better that they'll beat this team probably at at their perfect form. The Chiefs will probably even beat this team by more than 10 points, but there's some building blocks that need to be laid right now for this defense, and this this next 12 weeks is going to start that beginning with this game. So hoping for a 38-28 Kansas City Chiefs win. You guys kind of have heard what I, what I think is going to happen in this game. I'm excited to get the game going. We need to watch the taste of that Buffalo Bills debacle out of our mouths, get something new going, get something going in a positive direction. I think that a lot has been negative this week, just – you lose like that on a big stage to that team. It's put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. It started a lot of conversations that you don't want to hear about your team that you thought could win the Super Bowl and that people were talking about going undefeated. It's a really, really big narrative shift around the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that to get back on track, to get the conversation headed back in the right direction, to start to feel the positivity return to Kansas City, You got to get a good win here, and you got to have a good showing. It can't be a field goal at the end type of win. We're down at the end, and we got to go down and score. I don't think that's good enough, and I think that 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 doesn't stop these conversations that are being had. You got to win somewhat convincingly. You got to show some progress. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both have to have big games. Patrick Mahomes has to have a big game. They can't turn the ball over a whole bunch. It's football. Turnovers happen. I'm not saying they can't turn it over at all, but you can't have multiple turnovers in this game. You can't have pick sixes and scoop and score type situations. And you got to force some turnovers on the other side. This is a quarterback who's given the ball away to every team he's played against. You have to be in that as well. At least show you're an NFL level defense and force a turnover against this guy. Get a sack without a blitz. Just small incremental steps. I think we'll start to change that conversation around Kansas City fans. And then the scoreboard aspect and Patrick Mahomes' performance are what will change the conversation about the team on a national scale. So hoping for a decent-sized Chiefs win. Thank you guys for listening. 
I appreciate you for continuing to tune in. I'll be back with another episode after this game to recap it, let you guys know how I felt. It'll probably be a lot longer than this, depending on the outcome, but there'll be a lot more stuff to talk about going in. I'm excited to to get that to you. I'm excited to get this game going. And until next time.